Hi guys, welcome back to season four, episode eleven of Melon Girl Problem Podcast. And today I'm gonna be talking about all my lovely black girls out there, especially my lovely black girls who are nerds. And I feel like um if I have touched on this topic before, I'm gonna retouch it again because I feel like even now, even 2021, uh black girl nerds are finally seeing themselves like on the big screen. And I feel like, you know, growing up uh, when I was very young, never liked reading, and then fifth grade just had a spark of, you know, being a bookworm, and I kind of felt like growing up, like, back then being a bookworm, you kind of really weren't seen, you are more, like, invisible in the background, and then when your friends start getting onto the books that you read, and they went, like, the shortcut version, I would never kind of give it to them, because, like, I wanted them to enjoy the book for themselves, but lo and behold, they said the magic word, I'll look on it, on the internet if you don't tell me the ending I'm like fine that's when I would normally cry because I was always the friend in the group that would read books that were way past not like our well, sometimes past our grade level and sometimes I just continue on the series when no one else really did because I really enjoyed the series that I fell in love with like Hunger Games or Divergent the host I read the whole Twilight series within five days not five days within three days in fifth grade and you know I think by that point I just kind of dove in that little nerdy fandom you know couldn't really keep me away from a book let alone put it down uh I got really excited one time I got like books for Christmas and I would have to read like at least the four chapters in or at least more by the time dinner recall and it was kind of like hard to get me out of that reading zone so I had to be like tap constantly show it's time to eat I'm like a couple more pages time to eat so I think my mom and my friends who are also bookworms around me that you know instilled this love of books and I still have books to this day I have a dedicated library in my room and I'm trying to make it bigger but going back on topics I feel like you know seeing other like people of color on screen whether it be you know um Storm from X-Men you know the black uh woman mutant who was a superhero who could control the weather and then you have Black Panther that came introduced and you had King T'Challa and his techie sister Princess Shuri and then also I feel like you know now um when you're seeing Shuri come from the comics book standards from Marvel to the big screen you know you see that overall presence of like you know um seeing this smart black woman be held up in her community and given the space and the encouragement to do what she does best you know and I feel like um having these capable black women be be created in these roles you know um I think that's something that a lot of girls should see um there's a couple of very strong black women that you know Lakita Wright as Sherry um she was like kind of the audience introduced her to the even more smart capable black women there was Storm Reed as the in it of Meg Murray in the wrinkled time there was Rihanna as the effortless cool hacker in Ocean's 8 and then you know there was um Alina Way as the tomboy game or her name Ace Helen in Ready Player One while off screen we had a black actor named Noma Duvisa wild brow audience and you know Stagger Tony Ward with her portrayal of the wizard Brainiac Hermione and Harry Potter and the Curse of Child and I think I feel like the year that black girl nerds really shine was in 2018 I think there was a lot of brainy black women seeing themselves reflected in entertainment in major new ways and some of them you know trying to create this trailblazer in Hollywood to try to make another type of inclusion I think also currently in pop culture moments feels a long overdue I think the years of making everyone see black people in these certain roles especially different roles very a new fresh perspective and any way in shape or form. I think also um 
some having Rihanna play like a really cool hacker in Ocean 8 was something not really done before because there's been pretty abbreviations of Ocean's 8 and you know having uh Viola Davis play Amanda Waller in the DC movies and um it is a lot of different like transitions and I think seeing Rihanna's confidence and chill demeanor about being this genius uh, hacker on she kind of display like she kind of normalized being a black girl being nerdy and having it been like all right and not being picked on for it I think you know it's not surprising that a long time in the film industry was reluctant to make movies about black people given how much Hollywood's history has been stepped in whiteness um there was a current study done um in the last uh like 10 years so grossing films in Hollywood they found no significant change when it came to minorities found in front of the camera but when it comes to those behind the scenes the numbers of they were pretty bad um I think they were reporting down to 2017 uh a director's guild of Americans reported knowing that the number of women and minority directors of feature films was very low accounting for at least 12 to 10 percent of the movies representatively and I think due to the increase of very strong powerful directors like Ava DuVernay, Ryan Coogler, Barry Jenkins, and more and more black stories are being told, earning criminal, critical and commercial success in the process. I think in Jenkins' Moonlight that won the 2016 Oscar for Best Picture, picture uh, beat out um, the field that includes hidden figures, the box office smash hit with a minority of its black cast that told the real story of black women in mathematics at NASA who played a very integral role in the space race of the 1960s. And, you know, having uh, Tar J.P. Henson uh, wear, uh, play one of the characters was a really good inspiration because I think one of my best lines in that Hidden Figure film was like, it's not because we wear a skirt, it's because we wear glasses. And I thought that was a very powerful mood. I think also a lot of time we, when we can safely go to con again, and before the pandemic happened, there were a lot of, uh, I noticed a lot of videos people record from con um, where fans and industry figures mingle and get pumped up for the year ahead of pop culture. There are plenty of black women who stood out in their in native costumes in, uh, from the, you know, I think we saw more um, more Supergirls or Hogwarts students in rows, others dorm, homemade dorm melodic costumes like the Fable Wars and Black Panthers. Um, a lot did a lot of Star Wars, a lot from Black Panther, Marvel, DC, you know, and you know, we have a lot of black superheroes like Static Shock, Black Lightning, uh, Thunder Lightning, um, and like a lot of Vixen, John Stewart, that a lot of black characters who we've seen on screen, but like in cartoon versions, but also an almost like live action version who we will start to see more on big screen, hopefully, um, during the coming years. I feel like the media is slowly covering starting to cover a more wide range of fans of just filming the you know typical uh uh role that they normally portray and i think also um like you know a lot of women especially women of color have you know helped are here and they want to be seen as well but of course i think you know having black women nerds taking up this space in the real world for a lot longer than they've been in depicted on screen um Shirley Dose is a technology journalist who's been supporting entrepreneurs of color in North Carolina for her startup uh black tech since 2016 the Charlotte Consultant Hub has its own office and by quote as she describes it blackest thing you'll ever see as she describes it when Harvard Business Review magazine laid aside black Panther comics on coffee tables and art from black artists hanging on the wall 
Um, I think also, I think what's really interesting is that, you know, we love seeing different kinds of Black women on screen. We, we're seeing different kind of Black women on screen. I think, you know, having little little sister and little cousins that will one day be presented with this media growing up that, you know, it will show them in a different light and be able to see them have a another you know, role model, be able to consume that and be able to to grow with those, see them in a different light, different capacity to even have like new Barbie dolls that are focusing in STEM being a black woman with different texture hair, you know, and I think through the progress, you know, it kind of been slow, but I think it's kind of picking back up where black girls seem to be remaining hopeful for what, you know, the small changes that we have for our future. I think also there's, there's, there's a book that I read recently um, about a couple months ago called Slay where it's like it's focused on this black uh, female protagonist in high school focusing more on the online gaming aspect I took a different twist because normally when we see a black character in any type of book genre they'll normally like the side character or the supporting cast but having her as a main uh, character in in the book was really a nice uh, perspective to take from because a lot of times you know and I had asked this question in my department before I graduated like you know, trying to see that slowly increase of more authors of color and what like the publishing industry is looking for and for more representation. And even though it's not perfect, you know, there's slowly a lot of upcoming black um, authors, male and female of authors trying to make sure that, you know, as a minority and as those, you know, can have someone in a book that looks exactly like them and be able to tell the story and, you know, be able to see that's all represented on the big screen. I know there's one book, um, Children of the Bottom Bone, one of the authors, she has been rejected like more times than she can count. She took her seven years to write her book and she has finally secured a movie deal. So hopefully we'll be seeing her books on the big screen. We'll see and seeing those cast of characters that who will be portrayed by. Obviously it's a um, African-American mystical like folklore. So I'm kind of seeing how and who they'll cast. For those characters to bring them to life on the big screen as we kind of have this mental image a picture of what they kind of look at our head but going back on the topic of black nerds i feel like you know it surely shouldn't fall on the soldiers of like black directors whether it be female or male um it's also our job as you know black women myself is to encourage young girls to be confident in themselves and grow up and, and tell them it's okay to be smart. It's okay to be a gamer. It's okay to like all these different like nerdy things because you're really not alone. I feel like you are there to be seen. And I feel like as a book for myself, you're not on this kind of like this isolated island, isolated island by yourself with a lot of time on your hands. You have much more to do in the world and you're given much more different visibility that you will be seen and be able to have your voice of reason out there in the other um, society. I feel like also like, you know, I think looking back on it, like when you're telling people like what you major in, uh, like, especially like for me, like I changed my idea of what I wanted to major in college so many times. I thought I was gonna be a veterinarian. Um, uh, you know, that was the typical childhood dream. Wanted to do with animals, horses, and I didn't think, oh, I'm being a Susan. I really changed my mind. Like, oh, I want to be a writer. And when you tell people that, they don't see, like, the like the, like the art part of like the STEM program as a lucrative job. Yes, it might take time, but without the arts, the STEM wouldn't be here either. And I feel like, you know, people shouldn't look down on the art side, whether that be like poetry, writing 
uh, illustration, or like anything to do with theater, anything to have a performance, have art mainstream that shouldn't be looked down on. It should be looked at the same, you know, confidence and credibility just as the STEM major, but you know, STEM majors like it says math and science bring a lot more money than the arts do but the arts are slowly catching up as well but you know it might not look at look, look like at the moment but you know give arts like the confidence and credibility that it deserve because it'll pick up really quickly before you know it and like within like a blanket of an eye but i also feel like you know um having i think i think i see a lot of it now where Especially in like not really like media per se, more like online social media presence where we see a lot more black cosplayers, black girl gamers, black artistry, and a lot of gatekeeping, which is kind of like sad. You know, cosplays for everyone, you know, gaming's for everyone. It shouldn't matter like your race or your gender, as long as something like you really enjoy, it's really there to, for everyone to have fun with. Whether that be you know playing, I don't know, some games people play Lot on Twitch is Call of Duty, Apex, um, New World, Dead by Daylight, Assassin's Creed. Some people really love uh, Animal Crossing. And, you know, people love Pokemon or Genshin. Like, there's all these games. And, you know, when a person wants to cosplay a character, I think the number one thing I'm always seeing in the creator's, like, comment section or chat is, like, this character isn't black, it's white. But also, you gotta think, some of these characters aren't really given a distinct race, so you can't really say what race they are and also like you shouldn't be gatekeeping as long as your person had fun they can cosplay as a character that makes them happy so you know i think that's kind of something that the world like keep some communities need to work on and also as people who watch these creators you know to help you know make sure that the, their creators that you know that they don't feel attacked that they have a strong support system while they're doing what they love i think also like having that representation is also trying to feel safe because i feel like you know many times being a black nerd uh wasn't something people were very proud of people were like kind of going to hiding and and it felt really comfortable showcasing their um their love for the show in certain fandoms in their communities i think also it depends on like who your friends were at the time i think depending on your very strong friend circle that in your community as a whole that you know you have like a support system that like you know of your friends that will support you in the fandom because they might have the same common interest with you. And I think, you know, choosing some people had that choice of, of choosing to be black and being a nerd. And there wasn't that in between, it wasn't that really the whole mesh of putting them together. And I think, you know, um, a lot of even a lot of creators will say, or celebrities, you know, will fully admit that, you know, they probably received some backlash with either they cosplay certain characters or did drink a game and there's a lot of gatekeep i think when we have representation of culture it always comes back to the stories of race creed and culture and trying to lift that feeling of invisibility and it makes people who kind of relate that feel spoken for and valued and i think in the simple terms of showing reputation that showing people that we truly belong here nerd or geek culture is about the love of the fandom it shouldn't be forbidden for anyone even with the emergence of like uh black nerd podcast sides and influencers there aren't enough spaces for the black um creators and i think we should make more spaces for them i know it's getting a little bit better i know some fandoms are you know trying to help out and you know there's still some gatekeeping but i think it's time for us to turn the tide i think um we're trying to show when black people can be different we come in various sizes types and personality and a lovely bouquet of brown i like to say we host vast of hobbies and interests just like everyone else we're not 
a two-dimensional like being I, I know like sometimes when people hear the word black nerd it could come off as taboo because how many times black people are portrayed in pop culture and i think it's time for us to start showing ourselves a new light not just as angry or oppressed or just stylish but also as happy intellectual heroes and cool weird cool weirdos i think um i think we've been not speaking for everybody but i think specifically what i have seen you know my different friend struggles that we don't have to be a mascot or an advocate for us. I think we just have to carve out more space for ourselves. We need more creators in the field to share our passion and tell our stories like, you know, many of the founding fathers and mothers. And I think one thing that I remember seeing is that, um, I think in the classic Star Trek um, series, there was an actress by the name of Nisha Nicole. She was one of the first um, black women and also I think a black nerd at the time to break down barriers with her portrayal of Lieutenant Uru in the 1960s sitcom uh, sci-fi cult classic of Star Trek. Now there weren't many black characters on TV let alone in a science fiction but she played a sci-fi heroine. Her, president, her presence in that particular show was so crucial to the culture that when word got out that she would be leaving the show to pursue a Broadway career, um, civil rights activist and uh, Trekkie, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. spoke to her personally about her impact on her performance and ultimately convinced her to stay. In hindsight, um, kind of glad that she did because I didn't know like that simple connection like made her stay when she was off to pursue, you know, a Broadway career. And I think also um, like shows like Static Shaw, they dealt with a lot of like dark but issues that need to be talked about. I think. Um, you know, having if a black character or a female character or an Asian character, um, they aren't just characters. They represent that race or that sex, and they can't. Sometimes people say they can't be interesting because everything they do has to represent an entire block of people. Um, you know, Superman isn't all white people, and neither is Lex Luthor. We know we have a presented a range of characters within each ethnic group, which means that we couldn't do just one book. I think when you have a series of books, you have that present a view of the world that's wider than the world we've actually seen before. I think a lot of um, innovators like Phil Lamar, Donald Glover, Cree Summer, Leah Burton, H- Aisha Taylor, Isha Ray, Jordan Peele, and so forth are these, and Octavia Butler is, is the pioneer of the way and they carved out the space for more black nerds to come through. Now we're trying to see representation beyond the realm of film, comics, TV, and animation. I think we're starting to secure more seats at the table for nerd culture, but we can't really truly stop there. We have to keep pushing, keep going. Um, there's a there. I think there's a new industry that dropped. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on this. I think um, Black Sand Entertainment, a uh, well-known, popular, established comic industry um, that I think uh, started in Birmingham, Alabama, um, has started their own like black comic um, series. Which uh, you haven't seen, it, check, uh, definitely check it out. By the way. Uh, some of the characters are really cool and the comic is amazing um i think also like when we need our own characters our own symbols our own stories um to exclusively to the black culture because it matters we matter static shock um um when he first came out i never seen anything like it because it was so wild to see how static grew up with his single dad and his sister and like how he faced like that kind of like you know growing up in in the environment that he did, you know, dealing with high school pressures and that reputation of the demographic that he lived in and uh, of people who otherwise don't see themselves. And I think every time you create a story or write a script or produce a show or star in a series or voice a character, I think it's always the step in the right direction to show more reputation out there. 
and because you know I think it's important because we are seen we are heard we are acknowledged and more importantly we are represented I think even though we are slowly getting there um, I think we have a long way to go but I think we are in the a step in the right direction I feel like and um, I think even though you know we are came a long way from where we came originally but I think we can still do better in the near future but I think we're a person that that go as long as we can um but hopefully you enjoy this episode 11 of Melon Girl Prime Podcast Season 4 and comment down below on my Instagram I do post um the videos to my Instagram Snapchat and Facebook and if you want to see a topic that we talk about uh feel free to comment down I'd love to hear your suggestions and hope to hear from y'all real soon but until then bye